You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the house. God bless you. God bless you. Um, that's not the kind of clap a clap for fathers. I take that. I take that. I take that personal. But God, God is very kind to us. The Bible says He's the Father to the fatherless. And um, um, it's interesting how the r- unique role that fathers play. Because in my, in my, um, my faith, in my growing up, I found that, that it is very easy for you to approach God based on uh, your experience of your earthly father. And so when you come to church and they say God is our father who is in heaven, so you just simply extrapolate from your experience of a father on the earth. And so if your father who was, or who is or who was on the earth was uh, a loving, nice chap like me, you, you then thought about God as loving, nice. I don't know, I saw you giggle just now, it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, if you had uh, a father who was difficult to interact with, you know, you somehow also thought about God like that. And so to all the men, as we celebrate today, Father's Day, I just want to remind us of uh, the mandate that we have, you know. Um, I mean, uh, we had a beautiful men's meeting yesterday. It was just, I mean, it was really, really nice, you know. And just the sharing, I don't know if there was anybody crying, but just all that emotional stuff was was a lot. And um, I heard people even say it was better than the Blossoms meeting, but I don't want to compare you know, I don't think it's important to do that, but <laughs> but you ladies were not there, so. <laughs> um, and I've popped into Boot Blossom's meeting. You know, it's mushy stuff they're talking about. Men talked about real things. Um, but it was, a, it was a really good meeting. And we trust God for a new generation of fathers. Uh, fathers who are not afraid of their emotions, who are not afraid of God, uh, who will do right. Uh, let's celebrate all the fathers in the house again. <sighs> Father, we thank you. Um, this week, our conference as a church and all through the Elevation Church, um, Accelerate, uh, starts on Wednesday, promises to be a fantastic time in God's presence. Um, as you know, LifePoint is very much an expression of the Elevation Church. And, and once a year, we gather as a church family, uh, this year, interestingly, we are having the conference over two locations, so both at our mother church. Potential is just like a boat. Both at our mother church down the road um, and also at the mainland church. Um, uh, Pastor uh, Mensa Otterbill will be speaking, uh, Victor Adeyemi, Pastor Ulubi Johnson will be speaking, uh, Pastor Jeffrey from Benin, Pastor Godman will be speaking, Pastor Bola will be speaking. Promises to be a fantastic time. Uh, so we will not have service here on Wednesday. Please, no service here on Wednesday. We will be at, um, at the Island Church, and it promise will be fantastic. And we'll be back here on Sunday, and I think on Sunday we have the privilege of having um, someone who I love a lot, who is just a full of wisdom and God's spirit, Pastor Debo Amotunde, will be preaching here, and I promise it will be a fantastic time. Okay, so please do come and invite someone. All right, um, before I dive into the Word, there's two more things to do very quickly. Let me ask the person next to you, how are you? How are things? How are you? Okay. How are you? 
how things doing. Uh, actually, it's your first time. It's your first time in church, first time at LifePoint. Uh, oh, we have visiting us from the Island Church, Pastor Joy Isa. Let's put our hands together and celebrate. Thank you so much for coming um, under duress. <laughs> well, she's such an inspiration, and uh, I hope one day we'll get her to come speak here. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I think it's become more obvious how much of an interesting world we live in. Um, I think we had two weeks ago when we just had people just you know, in a hurry to go to heaven. Um, and we had this you know, suicide things going on. And one of the things that happens when you hear about how people deal with pressure is that sometimes in your mind, it creates an option. It's almost like advertising. It almost looks fashionable. Have you? Uh, I just wanted to say this to us at LifePoint. And I think I'd mentioned it three or four weeks ago when I preached. I said, we've been speaking and declaring over this church that, uh, speaking life, declaring that no one's life will be lost. Okay? When you look at the person next to you, tell you you're going to live a long life. You're going to live a long life. Just tell them, especially if they are ladies, tell them your hair is going to go gray. <laughs> Go gray. You're going to go gray. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Caleb, you're afraid to tell us. Okay. <laughs> but you're going to live a long life. And, but we also want you to know, and it's the spirit of what we're teaching as a church, that this is a family. Okay? So if things, and you know how Lagos can be sometimes, if things get to a place where you feel you can't handle alone, please, okay, we're here. Uh, and one of the things, so I, I've been thinking about how, how do we communicate this to church? How do people understand that we are here? Uh, you know where to find us. You, you know who the pastors are. Hopefully you know who some of us are, you know. Uh, so one thing I was going to do in faith today, all right, and I talked to a number of the pastors, and I think, I think most of them were in agreement. The other ones just, I think they were in agreement. I'm going to give the church um, my number so you can reach me. Um, I think we have a slide, and this is what it is. Please do not call me after the next Nigeria match or something. That's not, that's not what this is for, but I'm going to step up. So this is it. So that's the church office number on top at 08091000078. That's my number. That's August number. That's BWS. Femi Aguade, PFA. I would put in their things there because some of them, you don't know their real name. You just know Ferrari. Her real name is Tokwe Olagbeki. That's Tolu Adelowo and Folusho Badamas. Folusho is the one who preached last Sunday. And, and the way this should work is this. We don't believe that anyone who comes to Life Point should go to bed hungry. In fact, you shouldn't go through the day hungry. Except you are fasting. Or you used all your money to go and watch a show. Then you should be hungry. But my point is, if you're going through a hard time, um, you are ill, someone is ill, you are sad, lonely, whatever it is, and you need us to pray, you need someone to counsel with, you need help, I would ask that you please text us. Um, I'm not very good with my phone, so calling doesn't always work. And because in, I think all of us here work, uh, we, so we kind of have two jobs. So you might call us at a point where we can't pick up the phone. But please take our number, and text. If you abuse it, 
Now, when I thought about it this morning, I said I was going to say I'll block you, but we're in church on Sunday. I should really say that. But just know that that's what... But you, may be, you won't be able to reach me. But <laughs> I'm, I'm very Christian, but I'm, not, I'm still coming to the fullness of the stature of Christ, okay? Um, but the, the whole idea is this. This is the house of God. This is your family. We refuse for you to have an issue and deal with it by yourself. Okay? Um, so you can, it's going to come on at the end of service also. So you can write, the, some people are just writing only the ones they want. It's not a PI, never. But PF is a nice guy. You know, and you kind of have to think through this strategically. Right? If, if you are like heartbroken, there's some people here you shouldn't call. I wouldn't mention names, but the one at the bottom, Folusha, don't call her. She's very hard, you know. But if you like spiritual stuff, call her. Chokwe might be good for heartbreak. I'm good for uh, politics, governance, all that stuff. Okay, but please help me look at the person next to you and tell them it is well. It is well. All right. It is well. Um, we, we, we will... We'll talk about this a bit more in the coming weeks, but we want you to know that this is home for you, okay? Um, one of the reasons why we give on Sunday is so that there's a meet in the house and we can do ministry, we can support missions, and we can also support ourselves, all right? So if, you, if things are tough, let us know. All right, yeah, as well. Um, let's see, let's see. Today I want to speak about something titled The Friend Zone. The spirit of community. <laughs> you don't need a word of knowledge to know that certain people have been in the friend zone or are in the friend zone. Um, amen. <laughs> Focus, guys. Let's do this message together. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, nor even, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. I think it was 2000, 2001, I think that um, myself and Ogo were in the friend zone. I think I put her there first, you know, then later she caught up and put me. But the reason we're in the friend zone was, <laughs> was I think she, she, you were seeing someone. You, she was seeing someone already. Um, God had used him to just to hold space until I got there. Should send him a card or something. If you have a number for him, hamper or something. God bless you. And um, I, I was I was also seeing someone. So when oh God, I met, um, we we became very good friends, right? But 
it couldn't be anything more than that, you know. Um, the one relationship didn't work out. My relationship didn't work out. Uh, I don't know if Uncle then dumped her boyfriend because of me. <laughs> it really depends on what version of the story. But you dumped the guy. He didn't dump you, I know. <laughs> um, but I realized that the whole concept, and I use that phrase loosely, of the whole friend zone thing sometimes makes us look at friendship in an odd way. Have you been in the friend zone before? <laughs> makes us look at friendship you know, in, a, in an odd and interesting way. The guys that never want to be in the friend zone, you know, when the girl says to you, oh, you're just like a, you're just, Caleb, you're like a brother to me. <laughs> Caleb calls all the guys, the world has ended. <laughs> but I, I hope that as we speak today that, um, and, and I say this, I'm not saying this lightly, because for me, I hope this message provokes a prayer. We'll do some praying. I hope that we do not underestimate the power of friendship. Uh, in fact, um, I'm actually, and I don't say this lightly, I believe there are people who think they're in a friend zone now, who, as we proceed in this message, will understand that they need to stay there. Um, because sometimes with people you have to go a long way with, you actually need to get into a friend zone. Interestingly, the person who introduced me to Okochuku was a friend of many years. And so I've experienced in my life friendships that have brought marriage. She says, her name is Onos, right? And she says, uh, ah, you, you work for a professional service firm. She works for a you don't know her. Oh, we went to uni, but you don't know her. That's all, and I, that's the purpose of her friendship in my life. Um, I have had jobs that, it was essentially my friends who recommended me. In fact, on, there's one job in my career where basically on the word of that friend, I essentially got the job because I, I really didn't have a proper interview. I've had friends who brought counsel and inspiration. Right? And I remember marching down and, and you know, probably just going to shake their head. But I remember, so you, you know the first girl that I said I was going out with before I met Ogo? When I was going to break up with her, I was very... It's a, it's, that's not a story for you, but it's very complex. But I remember marching down with my Bible and my friend, Sarati and Hagwiri, to the sports complex dark at night because we're going to have a meeting to decide whether I should break up with that girl or not. And it was that deep. And there was no, no, and there was no social media at the time. Nothing, we so we actually, I remember I was just going there. We sat down. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does this? What of, how you look at it? Like I'm telling you. But we didn't know at that time, as we were doing that whole calculation, was that Ogo was somewhere just praying, Father, my destiny, my destiny. <laughs> I didn't know that, but... So sometimes the effect of true friendships can last through generations. So sometimes your friendships answer to stuff that has not been born yet. Uh, David will say, I think it's in 2 Samuel chapter 9, he would say, look, is there no one left of the house of Saul that I may show some kindness to them? And, and they bring a gentleman who I think is uh, Mephibosheth, uh, the gentleman who is lame in his legs. And, and he says, look, because of the friendship that I had with your father, I will do X and Y. 
In fact, when you read down, he says, and I will show the kindness of God. <laughs> I still heard this week, I think it was on Thursday, I was partying with a friend and someone else was telling him, he said, oh, I had this boss at work or so-so and so. I was giving a hard time until the day he heard my surname and says, and everything changed. He says, why? He says, because I told my son, he says, which one? I told him who my father was. And he says, your father gave me my very first break in my career. He says, that day my career changed. So as we speak about friendship today, I want you to realize that some of the people who you are friends with today, it's not just even for you. For some of this will speak to generations yet to come if Christ tarries. Let me ask the person next to you, are you in the friend zone? Are you in the friend zone? There's Muhammad Ali who said friendship is one of the hardest things in the world to explain. That's not something you learn in school, but if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship, he says you haven't learned anything. <laughs> um, I, I, I like to say that friendship is sometimes like the chromosomes that carry the DNA of our destiny. So when you think of friendship, I think of my life, and I realize that there's so much I would not be today if God had not brought certain people by me. <clears throat> How would we approach this today? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs, I think it's 24, it says, through wisdom a house is built. Through understanding is established by knowledge, his room is filled with, you know, um, riches. So I, I like to say, what are, you know, two or three big things that are important for friendship? Two or three big things that I think in my life, looking through scripture, are important for friendship. Um, First one, I like to talk about the practice of openness, the practice of vulnerability. Um, I remember going to one of my favorite shops um, one day, uh, somewhere in Ikoi, to grab a meal, but the sign outside said closed. But I could see the guys were inside. So, you know, You open. They're like, come in. But like, sign is here. You know, I think the stickler for signs. The sign is here. It's, it's closed. Say, come in. Then they open it. The but I said, your sign says that you are closed. Jesus would say to his disciples in John chapter 15. I think it's in verse 15 also. He says, no longer do I call you servants. He's talking to his disciples. He says, now I call you friends. Why? He says, because the things that God has shown me, the things that God has taught me, he says, all these things I have made known to you. So Jesus begins to explain the protocol for friendship. But it's more than just hanging out together. He says, no, he says, I have gotten to the place where I have shared not just, you know, my time with you. He says, but the things which God has shown me, the things which I have learned, I have also shown you. I have become open with you. I mean, the Bible says Jesus would, at a point, take off his clothes, put towel on, and start to wash their feet. He was open with these guys. And I know we live in a generation where everything seems to be happening, but people are extremely isolated at the same time. My question for you this morning, as we proceed in this talk, is are you open for business? <laughs> Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he's talking to the Corinthian church. Uh, verse 11, he says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. 
wide open. It says, I have, I have discussed everything. I have told you who I am. The next verse, he then begins to say to them, he says, but in response, he says, would you open your heart to us? Let me ask the person next to you, are you open for business? Are you open for business? Because you cannot do business with a closed shop. <laughs> I, and I, I say this over, over and over again, that your closest friends are not necessarily your best friends. Because sometimes people are just around you out of convenience, geography, season. But the one with whom you have become vulnerable with, I will say this one because it's important. Um, I used to say to myself a long time ago that I believe that one of the reasons people dress up is to distract from who they are. Yep. So, you know, and they say I make a lot of weak jokes. So I'm doing my very best. My heart, God says my heart, not to talk about wigs. But it's the most easy thing to talk about. But sometimes, have you not ever, Abigail, you relate. Have, have you ever passed a, a lady before and not recognized her? You have. <laughs> you just sometimes you walk past the lady and she's like, ah, Abigail, how are you? Like, ah, Ini, that's you. <laughs> All, all made up. Sometimes look on the wedding day, you're looking at the lady who you've been counseling, like, ah, where did this guy bring this bride from? Then she speaks, like, ah, Joko. <laughs> all glammed up, you know, the fake eyelashes, hair's all down, everything. She's looking beautiful. But I'm just looking at the guy, but like, this is not who you're going to see tomorrow. Don't, don't deceive yourself, my brother. Guys, the groom is happy, like, ah. But he doesn't understand. And my wife has, like, maybe four weeks. I counted, dear. <laughs> I count it. <laughs> but we've, we're learning the art of packaging and putting stuff up. So we cough, we do all, so when people see us, they don't really see us. They look, ah, man, this your kaftan, is nice. You're like, just keep on looking at that kaftan. <laughs> and you will not see me. We spray perfume, smelling like incense, just moving around. Like a, it's nice perfume, but they cannot really hear you. So we put on brands, and they're like, oh my goodness, that's a, that, you don't you know that brand? And so they cannot see you. But I mean, life is teaching us every single day that a Jesse is not a goal. <laughs> I, what, no, no, let's, let's, let's call it what it is. No, let's call it what it is. They should just send back all those Jesses home now. But the principle of vulnerability says this is who I am. You can't be vulnerable to everyone. But the Bible says in James, says, every good and perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of heavenly light in whom there is no variableness. I believe that God places people in your life. It says one shall chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand, that you may come into that experience of synergy. I believe so strongly. It says he set the solitary in families. You see, one of the reasons why sometimes we pray for unity in the body of Christ and we don't see it is because we do not understand that unity is not a, it doesn't just, you don't just pray for it and suddenly we're united. No. And so friendship is one of the ways where 
that spirit of unity happens. Because when we, when we come together and all we're doing is exhibiting our gifts, what you find is, you know, it's almost competitive. But when people come together and share their hearts, my goodness, it's like, it's like magic. I mean, we were having the men's meeting yesterday and things were going on. Things were, I mean, I was just flowing. And then, you know, and then I think, I remember one of the guys, you know, we have to protect identity because now we're in public, said something. And when he said it, I, you could feel the temperature just drop a bit. You could just feel, and which is why I love our God experiences. Because sometimes, you know, you're in church, but are sharing God. When people just share their God, you're like, oh my God. And you don't realize that your heart is open for business for God for that period. May I speak to that person here today who is closed off? Who is closed off? We're adopted into the body of Christ. When you put in a new organ into, you do a transplant, they tell you that it's almost natural for the fight to happen between the organ you're introducing and the body that existed before. And so just being vulnerable, just allowing someone into your heart is extremely important. <laughs> Help me ask the person next to you again. Are you open for business? Are you open for business? Are you open for business? And God will show you who to be open to. But you have to try. Ladies, look. A guy can give you a, a nice car. I don't see how that necessarily translates to assurance. And I tell you no lie. I tell you no lie. It definitely not assurance. Because if he has enough money, he doesn't even realize that he spent that money back. Maybe he, didn't, maybe he bought the car for himself. He didn't really like it. And it just says, here, have it. You need a poster on Instagram. Have lifetime assurance. You ain't got nothing there. And one thing guys do, I tell you, most women, you just have to know this. When your husband wants to buy himself a car, he'll buy it for you. I just bought this G-Wagon for you. <laughs> I didn't buy it for you. <laughs> just watch. The principle of vulnerability. Who knows you? Who in this world, who in this city say, can say, I know Bambo. I, I know him. If you sit in front, I'm going to call your name. <laughs> who can say, I know Ogochuku. I know you, you know. But who can say that? Who can say, ah, Chris, I know Chris. I know where Chris is. I speak to us men. This African model of being a male man leads to an early death. Men cry. I was explaining to them yesterday how I can imagine how if I'm with a male friend and I'm, you know, I'm in a place and I start to cry, I can imagine how the guys feel. Like, ah, why is he crying? Okay, should, should we go and hug him? <laughs> 
he's crying. So, and I said, let's hug her. No, it's not, like, not really nice. not cool like that. But men, you have to learn how to cry before men and then before women. In fact, it was, I can't remember, sometime last year, I just realized, ah, why are we forbidden to hug men in this church? So as far as the men were willing, I'll give them a hug. In fact, some of the guys here will tell you that when, when I send them messages, I now sign off at the end. Lots of love. Idris, return the text if you want. But people are starved of affection and are also unable to express themselves. Men were taught that their fathers, the man is strong. Dying inside, everything's combusting. Just do your face as well. It's not well. Let me look at a man next to you and tell him I love you. <laughs> Some guy said, please tell me. I've been saying, I didn't sit here by accident. <laughs> I knew this kind of message was coming. I sat here. Tell me. He said, Nat, you want to come downstairs? You want to go down? Eh? <laughs> it's like this keyboard they gave me to be playing here. You know, Nat's girlfriend is in church. So Nat's just looking down. Who is, who is she telling I love you? Who is that? to hire those people. <laughs> the principle of loyalty. In our text, we read four men who have a friend who is paralytic. He's not, he doesn't have malaria. No, he doesn't have headache. I think everyone should have these four friends. Because if you notice in our text, the Bible says Jesus healed the man not because of the man's faith. The Bible says Jesus looked at their faith and then he healed the man. Everyone should have friends who when God looks at their faith extended because of you, he would heal you. And by the way, you should also be that kind of person who God can heal another because of you. These friends were not going through what the man was going through. They did not seem to immediately be in a position to gain from his recovery, except he was owing them money. And so they're like, oh boy, you're not dying. Oh. No, we're taking it to Jesus. He'll heal you and yeah, you pay us some money. Except that. But these guys, so imagine big crusade. And the thing I think comes nearest to you, maybe when you're going through redemption camp, when they're having big crusade everywhere. You know, See, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Peter, take me in. Now, Peter, take me in. The guys come there. If you're by yourself, it's hard to get in. But it's four of you carrying a man who cannot walk. He cannot do anything. The guys come. They tell themselves, should we go home? Say, go home where? This guy is getting healed today. Friends who are loyal to your well-being and to your destiny. <laughs> the Bible says, it got to a time after they had looked around. <sighs> but they said, okay, I think the way to do this is to take this, our friend, up. You need to have friends who can take you up. The Bible says they got to a point and they took him up, put him on the roof, said, we can't still see Jesus. And one of them says, uh, Shea, I know the owner of this house. He's a Mecca. We'll pay him later. He said, remove the roofing shit. So just imagine we're in church. Everywhere is full. Then you just start hearing, boom, up, you know. <laughs> you, know the, you know, initially, the man of God doesn't want to show that he's disturbed by this. But after a while, Jesus will ask, Peter, 
close shadow. What's happening there? <laughs> he said, Jesus, the rapture. He says, no, no rapture yet. I'm still here. You know, what's happening there? People check up. Then they bring big space opens. Then they lower their friend before the Lord. Who, who are your friends that can present you before God? And I think you need to, I, I, I say this with all due respect, if your friend cannot pray for you, he or she is not a friend. Don't take, and I'm, and I'm serious. Okay, well, they're a friend, but they should not be your best friend. This is about destiny, folks. Because there will be times in your life where you cannot do it by yourself. Says, ah, no, Pia, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay. Matthew 26, Jesus. The Bible says the night before he was taken away. Verse 36, the Bible says, and Jesus came with them, his, born, his disciples, to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Jesus says, look, it's come to the stage where I have to. There's stuff happening. And then what surprises me is that the Bible says, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. So Jesus says, I need to have people with me who can go through this with me. And the Bible says, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, he explained to them where he was. He says, guys, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. He says, stay here and watch with me. And then he went a little further and, further and fell on his face and prayed and said, Oh God, if it's possible, let this cup pass over me. Never let this. Not as I will, but your will be done. Who are the people who would carry you? Who are your four friends? Friends that will break through for you. <laughs> I like how it's put it in Mark. It says, And when they had broken through, they lowered him down before God. Who are the friends who take you to God? One of my friends, one time, was I mean, we having an argument. He says, I've reported you to God, sure. Even in my anger, I felt good. <laughs> no, it's true. Who, who reports you to God? People who were, <laughs> were not ashamed by the things that he was going through. And don't forget, I said, God prepares your friends for you. And sometimes friends are like, clothes or shoes, because and I, I use that analogy loosely, because I don't know if you've ever gone to a shop. Sometimes you go into a shoe shop and like, what ugly shoes are these? <sighs> so the human being that made this and the human being will buy it. But then guess what? You come next day and those shoes are gone. In fact, maybe when you then see a new wearing it and going around the city, you're like, oh my goodness. I didn't know these shoes were so nice. Some of my best friends the first day I met them, I did not like them at all. Some of you thought were arrogant. Maybe they thought I was too handsome. You know. I'm just saying what not to like about me, just to make it balanced. But people who, you are, who are loyal to you, who are loyal to what God is doing in your life. The Bible speaks about David and Jonathan, 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 1. 
It says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. This is not people who are with you because of what they want to get from you. It's people who have said, look, concerning X person, concerning Demilade, his life is as good as mine. Uh, help me ask the person next to you, who are your friends? Who are your friends? I hope this provokes us to prayer because we will pray. The, the, the last one, the last one is the practice of love. Now we know that love is not just a feeling. It's not just February 14. Oh, I, I love you. I love you too. You drop. No, you drop first. I love, I really love you. I, I love you more. I love you more than more. Love is not sex. Someone say, God, it's the wrong Sunday to come to church. And I hope your girlfriend came with you. Love is not sex. That one you've been telling her that that's his love. It's not love. He's lying to you. Tell the person next to you he's lying to you. <laughs> mm -mm. Ah, so it's like, why did I come to church? This is going to judge me for my life. Let it just judge you. Because real friends do not offer benefits. They offer love. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it says friends with benefits. Right. Because friendship is not a contract. Based on you know, supply, payments. It's, no, 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 no. In fact, I, I honestly, any friendship that requires you to exchange your conscience, your peace, your faith in God, your self-esteem, for that friendship is not healthy. It's not healthy. You say that you will offend God so that you can be your... No, no, it's not like that. It's not that deep. They didn't, God did not send them. Any, any friendship that tries to take you away from God God did not send. They know that you pray every morning 7 to 8 a.m. That's when they are calling. Mark them down. Block them. Block their sisters too. <laughs> How does scripture describe love? John 15 and verse 13. Greater love has no one than this. It doesn't say to buy a G-Wagon or a Porsche. Those things are nice. Buy them. Buy for your pastor too. As you are led. But greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Oh, Jesus, you understand. <laughs> 1 John, 1 John 3.16 says, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, do not let us love in word or in tongue or in tweets or Instagram posts, but in deed and in truth. And by this we shall know that we are of the truth and shall I show our hearts before God? 
Uh, Jesus' love, the love of God. The Bible says it's shed abroad in our hearts as Christians. It's a, an amazing, amazing practice that guarantees you great friendship. How do I define love? I, I like how 1 Corinthians 13, how Paul explains love. But when I try to define love for people from Scripture, I normally go to Philippians chapter 2. I, I just read it out to you quickly. Philippians chapter 2, 1 to 4, and I'll read it out from the message translation. It says, if you have gotten nothing at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in the community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. He says, agree with one another or with each other. Love each other. He says, be deep-spirited friends. Do not push your way to the front or sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Do not be obsessed with getting your own advantage. He says, forget yourself long enough to get to lend a helping hand. Let me tell the person next to you, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friend. Because love is one of the greatest or truest representations of Jesus' life, of God's life. Everything is better with friendship, guys. Um, if you have a boss who you're friends with, you know, things are great. If you're friends with your landlord, things are great. If the husband and wife are friends, fantastic. If father and son are friends, it's really cool. They wear matching colors, you know, do all those nice things. Great. If the pastor is friends with the people he pastors, really cool. But the practice of investing love in the life of people yields amazing results. So my question is, when is the last time you invested in love? You know, the Good Samaritan, we call him that, said to the guys, I'm putting down this money, treat this guy, and he says, look, and anything else you incur, put it on my bill. When was the last time you stuck out your neck for someone and said, anything else that comes on their bill, put it on me? <sighs> when Peter describes the kind of love that we should have for one another, in 1 Peter 4 and verse 8, the Amplified, it says, above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishness, seeks the best for others. Jesus' love requires what I call the reprioritization of self. So you say to, I am not the most important person in my life. This is, I have to care because, you know, we talk about self-love. And I believe there is a dimension of a discussion about self-love that's really cool. But when I look through the New Testament, it is difficult to situate self-love in the New Testament. You know, you have to be careful. You have to be careful as you think about it. The, the prioritization of self 
it is difficult to situate it in the New Testament. What am I saying, guys? The practice of vulnerability, where you will take off your masks, we find that God leads you, one person, and you try. Sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes you're vulnerable to one guy or a lady, and you've not even gotten home after the discussion. It's already on Twitter. It's trending already. It's your school fees. You're learning. You're paying. You're educated. You, 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 you. Next time you see the person, you greet them. You share scripture with them. They ask you, how are you? Tell them, God is faithful. You leave it alone. The practice of loyalty. The practice of love. The practice of love. Help me ask the person next to you, are you in love? Are you living in love? Rolling, what did you say? Yes? I believe that Christians should make the best friends. Why? Because as Jesus follows, we've seen real friendship modeled to us. Why should Christians make the best friends? Because we carry an active form the life of God. We carry the love of God in our hearts. It should be easier for Christians to be friendly. You can't, you, no, you cannot, you, you should not be the most unfriendly person in your office. That is not spirituality. You say, you say I, I cannot be friends with the world. So when you get into the office, they greet you, you speak in tongues. They put your blue earphones on, listening to Thai Tribet. Only by listening to Davido. Hellfire. Hellfire. They greet you. Won't you eat with us? Say, eat with you. No, no, no. Your food is offered to idols. You know? Won't you come with us? We're going to send him off. We're just going to the club down the road. Club, Abby. You're going clubbing. You want to distract my destiny, right? You know, and you're just, you know, and you're just coming and you're like, you're praying in the spirit. They're greeting you. You're wondering... That is not spirituality. Doesn't scripture paint a picture of Jesus? His disciples leave him for a couple of hours to get food from the next city. They come back. Jesus is chatting with someone. They're like, Jesus, why are you chatting with her? And why are you chatting with a Samaritan for crying out loud? Jesus shows up in parties. They're like, doesn't Jesus know that these guys are thieves? And I'm not saying you should be going partying all around. That's not what I meant by that. Because someone just said, hey, this is what I've been telling you. I must party. I must party. No, that's not how you should hear this message. It's interesting that everyone that tried to stop Jesus from seeing, he insisted on seeing. Everyone, they said, Jesus, you cannot be with this kind of person. Ah! He said, these are the ones that I came for. Then we who he has now sent, we now come in and we congregate on Sunday. Even that Sunday, when we come like this, you sit by us. You don't even, you watch how you sit with your friends. There are like three people, I'm looking at them now. They sit by together every Sunday as they try. They con the ushers. Let me go around. So they, meet, they make sure they sit. So God forbid that they are intermingled with other people who will now spoil their spiritual flow. For example, if I said to us in this service, look, this week I want us to pray. Would you take your exchange phone numbers with the person sitting next to you? And pray? Some of you are like, God forbid. I would never, never. 
you, some of you in this service will give fake numbers. True or false? False. Okay, please give the person next to you. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Give the person next to you your phone number. In the week, don't, it's not by force, but if you can. In the week, ask them what you would like them to pray about. As I say this, it's important to realize that if you knew, someone is already asking the girl, said, I've been wanting to ask your number since. <laughs> Can you just give me your Facebook, Instagram handle, everything? Just the whole, just the whole list. It's all right. God bless you. It's important to, to realize that as I ask that, if the guy had told you, said, oh, my, um, my name is, uh, what name is it? Danjuma Dangote. So which, which Dangote? <laughs> I said, uh, I don't like to tell people normally, but uh, Aliko is my father. Then P.I. says, give the person your phone number and pray. So this is my number. If you can't reach me, this is my mother's number. <laughs> this is my neighbor's number. It's not very far. And then, <laughs> in fact, I'm coming to your house tomorrow. But miracles happen... But so you're sitting beside someone, and you, the Bible says we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. So you don't know who they are, or you think you know who they are. So we're going to pray, yeah? And I'll tell you the things that were dropped in my heart as I prepared for this. <laughs> Was, but we're going to pray about friends that will take us to destiny. Friends that will be loyal. Friends, in fact, the way it came to my mind, and I say it clearly, Friends that will take you, will drag you, will make sure you go to heaven. That will say, if it's the last thing I do, you're going to heaven. Friends who will be with you even in the darkest moments. For someone, and the way it was in my heart, and I'm trying to not say it so I don't sound like one of those carnal materialistic people, but friends that will literally lead you to a billion naira. I knew you would say amen. <laughs> but I'm serious, that's what is in my heart. Who will say to you, look, I, I heard about this. This is what God wants to do. I'm going to do this deal. Will you please do it with me? Please stop looking at your friends as a matter of coincidence. Stop looking at your friends as a matter of convenience. Stop looking at your friends as a matter of history. <laughs> Jesus looks at the guys. He says, I picked you guys. He says, God ordained us. So we're going to pray. We'll pray a bit in the spirit, if you don't mind. One thing I learned a while ago was to pray out people, pray in people. The Bible says, iron sharpens iron, so the countenance of a man is sharpened by his friend. <laughs> it's a call to you to be vulnerable. It's a call to you to invest in love. I don't know who I'm speaking to. Someone, you literally walk around the world with a mask on. Ah. <sighs> God gives friends and he tries to model it to us. Mm. That hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit or what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And one of the prayers we pray that God will surround us 
with destiny helpers. And in the irony of that prayer is that at the same time, one of the answers to the prayer is that God says to you, I want to make you a friend as a destiny helper. You say, God, give me friends that are loyal. He says, I want to make you a loyal friend too. This business of rumble, isolation, it's going to end. If you don't mind, church, could we pray in the spirit? Could we pray in the spirit? We start praying in the spirit because it helps us, you know, we're not just praying out of our minds. The Holy Spirit helps to start off the communication. So if you can, if you don't pray in the spirit, it's okay. Just go ahead and thank God. Just thank God for your life. Thank God for your life. But I'd like everyone, multimedia boots, the band, the instrument, I'd like you to just pray in the spirit. I'd like you to pray in the spirit. Our prayer today is before the one who created heaven and the earth. He sets the mountains. He sets the rivers. He outlined the stars and the moon. He gave them their rhythm and their cycles. He is the one who created animals. He is the one who created trees. Every living thing. He is the one who created man. The Bible says he's the one who ordained men in their seasons and determined where they would stay, the boundaries of their habitations. I'd like us to just pray. I'd like us to just pray. The Bible says he's the one who walks at all things in conformity with the purpose of his will. Let's start a prayer and say, Father, make me a true friend indeed. Make me a true friend indeed. Lord, make me a true friend indeed. Lord, make me a true friend indeed. I'd like everyone to please pray that prayer. Father, would you make me a true friend indeed? One with whom people can be vulnerable, can be open without judgment. One that can people can be that I can one who can be loyal to the destiny of another, one who can prioritize another above themselves. Lord, make me a true friend indeed. Lord, bring destiny into someone's life through me. Lord, make me a true friend indeed. Laganda Makadabash, Le Pregadesh Kalabanda Makadande, Le Branda Gadadai, Egerebo Shanda Makalabare Pregadesh. Someone needs to say, Father, read me of bitterness, read me of jealousy, read me of envy, read me of malice in the name of the Lord Jesus. That I will not backbite, I will not be the one that seeks to pull down another. Lord, help me to be secure in who you have made me, who you called me to be. Lord, make me a true friend indeed. This has nothing to do with your temperament. Whether you are introvert, whether you are extrovert, it has nothing to do with your personality. It is the call and the appointment of God upon your life that we are discussing. And would you then pray, Father, send me my four friends. 
Lord, send me friends for this season. I'd like you to pray as if your life depends on it. For someone is a calling forth. For someone is a disorganization of certain ongoing relationships and structures. The destiny might be bettered. Someone needs to call David. You need to call Father Jonathan. Jesus will say, can you not tarry with me a bit? Call for those who will tarry with you in this matter. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the Bible says concerning Saul, after his anointing, the Bible says men of valor whose hearts God had stirred went with him. Lord, we are the men of valor whose hearts you have stirred concerning me. I call them forth. I call them from the north, from the south, from the west, from the east. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I call for the men. I call for the women. I call for the old people, young people. I call them forth in the name of the Lord Jesus. Strategic relationships. I call them forth in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you hold the hands of the next person, people on your left and on your right, so in pairs of, in cycles of three, we'll just pray this last prayer. We'll just pray this last prayer, cycles of three. I'd like you to pray if you're in that circle just pray in the spirit we're praying over the friendships that your brother and your sister the ones whose hands you're holding you're standing in the gap for them who knows who knows you might be the four people you might be the three people or the two people presenting that one whose hands you're holding you're presenting that one you're taking them up you're breaking through lowering them before Jesus I don't know but I'd like you to just pray in the spirit I'd like you to pray in the spirit the Bible says blessed in the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly declare that they have godly counsel they do not sit in the seat of the scornful they do not stand in the way of the sinners I pray for my brother I pray for my sister I pray for my brother I pray for my sister they will be located in godly relationships they will be located in loyal friendships they will be located in loving friendships let us call a break an end to every abusive friendship in the name of the Lord Jesus an end to every abusive friendship in the name of the Lord Jesus every friendship that draws them away from God we stop today in the name of the Lord Jesus come on church come on church let's take another minute and just pray this through people who would say like Ruth said your God will be my God your people will be my people Paul says to the Philippian church look around look beyond you people who would look beyond themselves I'm going to let you talk to God in the next minute. I'm not going to give you a prayer, but I don't know what you and God have going, going on, but I'm going to let you talk to God in the next minute. I'm going to let you talk to God in the next minute. All over this place. I'd like you to just focus. Forget about the person on your left and on your right. And I'd like you to talk to God. Talk to God. 
Hey Lord, you know my name. Karabranda makare bregedesh kaleba rakrasko sokrebeende makragada da 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 da. Ye prokodosh kaleba rakrana God. You knew me while I was yet in my mother's womb. Hey moso preketele prakatana makarabrakata. Hey Lord, you know my name. Makabonda lakresko ropraganda makarabrakata. Hey bosh ye bregedesh. Hey borakabasi bregedesh kaleba haraba. I have a father. He calls me his own. Oh, yes. He'll never leave me No matter where I go He knows my name And He knows my name He knows my every thought from God and different people uh, heads are bowed eyes are closed we give you the privacy of the moment uh, perhaps you would like to say father would you take me home would you take me back today the, the understanding we have from God's word and our personal experience the Bible says Jesus died for us on the cross the price for sin would you would you heed God's love anyone who says it is I would like to be born again how does that happen the Bible says we believe in our hearts and make a confession with our mouth that Jesus died for us in his Lord so all heads about anyone anyone at all would you please just put a hand on your heart would you just please put your hand on your heart and while that hand is on your heart would you just slip the other hand slightly above your head so I can see you and we'll pray you're not coming out a hand on your heart one hand lifted up and surrender and we'll pray this prayer where you are. Would you please say with me, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe in my heart that you love me. I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me. I believe in my heart that he rose again on my behalf. Father, thank you. I accept your life. I accept your love. I accept your power. I accept your plans. I accept your kingdom. I declare 
but I am now born again in Jesus name our father we give you all the thanks 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 God will shout a big amen. amen. Put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, just before I get down, I'd like to uh, introduce to the church uh, two very special people to us. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.